Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, App Spotify, and on YouTube. It is time for Week 11 Picks. Week 11 already. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Joining me as they will every week all the way through the Super Bowl, Pat Boyle and Mark Shenlugan. Coming off a winning week for the boys. Combined at 9-6 and six last week. I was 4-1. and one. Pat was 3-2. and two. Mark, 2-3. and three. So, Pat Boyle, what's up, brother? Awful winning week. Two winning weeks in a row for you, if I'm not mistaken. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I've been stocking up uh, the money that we've been winning every week here for the last month, getting ready to buy some Christmas presents. So hopefully shit doesn't go haywire this week or I'm Mm -hmm. screwed. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, no presents for nieces and nephews. They're going to have a (laughs) sad Christmas. You're just going to hand them uh, some – you're going to make them sign up on DraftKings under under your accounts so you get referred free bets right that's they're gonna give you a present here's your <laughs> gift it's a promo code use it <laughs> tbpn <laughs> that's fantastic mark how you doing man well you know pete you are what your record says you are so you know the christmas gifts that i'll be you know been gathering i've been going outside you know looking for some coal on the ground and just stacking it up that's where i'm at <laughs> Yeah, just get some twigs, time together, make a little. You know, it just it just hasn't been hasn't been my year with with some of this stuff. Uh, you know, it's two tough, and three, man. Cowboys blow a fourteen point lead in the fourth. Um, the Raiders they 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 should just be lynched by the Vegas mob. Excuse oh, my God. terminology, but that that's what it comes down to. They are pathetic. I can't even yeah. complain about the Rams, but I, I feel like I have two legitimate gripes off of the uh, those two. It's tough, man, and uh, you're right. And it it's tough when you're playing kind of the the style that you're playing to, and it's like, yeah, Cowboys money line feels like a fantastic leg, and you feel like that's the one that you're like locking in, right? And then it's the other one that hits, and that one misses. So you're always kind of trying to uh, to chase an extra piece with the, with the little money line parlays, but or the teaser type parlays, whatever. But you know, you're you're starting to trickle back up. It feels like you're picking up momentum. Obviously, the winning week was it two weeks ago? Oh no, two and three again, two weeks ago as well. Well, I don't, in my head, Mark, you're picking it up. That's what I have to say. Uh, we'll see. Looks like I'll be leading it <laughs> off this week. So yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, recapping again, four and one for me, Pat. Three and two, Mark. Two and three. Our combined record now: 64, 85, and one. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it's actually quite the improvement on where we were just a few weeks ago. Two out of three of the last weeks have been winning weeks for us combined. I'm now one game under 500 on the season, which feels really good. Pat, you're 22 and 28, and Mark, eight, the fighting Mark Shenlugans are 18 and 32. So, Mark, why don't you do us the honor of kicking us off for week 11 with your first pick? All right, pick number one. Now, when I made this pick... Uh, a couple days ago, we were preparing for Thursday. Uh, the le- the first leg was the Buffalo Bills money line. I don't know. I haven't seen a line on that game as of as of late. Um, it looks like they're actually still the same thing on the money line, regardless that the game was moved. So it's not going to change the odds on this parlay. But look, I just see them bouncing back after last week's rough, rough, blown game where they should have won if they could just get one more, you know, n- game basically no gain 
from their one yard line and the game was over. Um, they're indoors now taking on the Browns. Browns just been trending the wrong way for multiple weeks. Um, and I don't see it gaining any steam this week in the other direction. So give me Buffalo money line for pick one. And we're going to pair that with the Detroit lions plus seven and a half at MetLife stadium this weekend. Um, the New York giants do not blow teams out. I know they won again last week against the Texans, but the giants were less than impressive. Once again, to me, sloppy football, the lions have caught fire a little bit of late playing much better, both sides of the ball. I'm going to take the informed team to cover the seven and a half on the road. So Buffalo money line, Detroit Lions plus seven and a half, minus one ten for the first pick. Love that. I actually love that. Got to be honest. I love the Lions plus seven and a half, even though my my Giants pride is uh, is feeling a little bit a little bit confused. But I, I feel I feel what you're saying there, Pat. Why don't you kick us off with your first pick? Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants minus three. So. Uh, give me the G-men at home, man. We've been betting them a lot this year. I'm going to keep doing it until they prove uh, prove otherwise here, other than that blip against the Seahawks, who have proven also to be a very good team this year and not a fluky start. Uh, Giants have won four out of their last five. They're four and one at home. Let's start with the weather because it's supposed to be cold and windy at MetLife Stadium tomorrow. The Detroit Lions are a pass-first team. And even though that they were lighting it up through the first four weeks, I think we all expected them to have some regression. But either way, this team is at their best when they're throwing the pill around. So um, I think just the weather in and of itself is going to prevent Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown and Khalif Raymond uh, from being able to do that uh, effectively. So they're going to have to run the ball at DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I do expect the, the, you know, the Lions to probably get to 17, 20 points here. But I think once they get in the red zone, they've had a lot of issues there outside of that game against the Bears last week, which they shouldn't have even won. Uh, they've had a ton of issues in the red zone uh, as of the last couple of weeks here. Giants have have thrived as a defense in the red zone. I think they come over with a couple of turnovers, uh, probably a Jared Goff interception, maybe a fumble with, within, in the red zone. And I think that ends up being the difference here. Um, and again, when you look at the Giants and what they do best, uh, they're going to run the ball with Saquon Barkley. Brian Dayball said he might give him 50 carries if he has to. That's fine. The Lions can not stop the run 161 yards per game allowed on the ground. The giants are going to carve them up left and right. I think this is from the Giants' standpoint and what they want to do offensively. This is almost a mirror image of the game against the Texans. So it wasn't easy for the giants. It hasn't been all year, but that's totally fine. This is only three at home. I'm very willing to take that with the G men here, um, especially because they've been getting healthier on defense um, the linebacking core has actually played a ton better from when I was ripping them after the Cowboys game in which they couldn't stop the, a nosebleed in terms of a run. Um, and when you look at the Lions defense, you got a couple of guys out here again. Jeff Okuda is the star in that defense in the secondary. That's fine. Daniel Jones hasn't turned the rock over. So stay away from Jeff Okuda, hand the ball off, get the RPOs going, and the G-men should cruise here. Big blue, minus three. Riding with big blue. There you go. And uh, the Lions off a win last week that just feels like it was built on a house of cards again, right? Like you can't you can't get too caught up in what happened the week prior on a results standpoint. I've been trying to say it all year long, and especially of late, it's been helping me out. It's kind of like you see something that happens from a result perspective that if you find some reason to not believe in it, then you got to just go against it the next week. And that's exactly what I'm going to do here with my first pick, taking the Dallas Cowboys minus one at my 
Minnesota Vikings. Pat, you might be in a little bit of shock right now that I'm just going straight up against my Minnesota Vikings, who I haven't really bet on much this year, uh, which is fine because they're basically 500 against the spread. But here's the thing. There's a whole lot of hype. There's a whole lot of confusion around this game right now because the Vikings just accomplished against the Buffalo Bills last week. And on the flip side, exactly what the Cowboys didn't accomplish last week against the Green Bay Packers. But if you look at those games, the real predictive elements of football are quarters one, two, and three. Quarters four, or quarters four, the fourth quarter ends up being less predictive because there's a lot more garbage time involved. There's a lot more uh, variance involved where people are down big and they're making big swings, but for better or for worse. But the first three quarters of those games, the Bills were crushing the Vikings. The Cowboys were crushing the Packers. And we saw two of the more wild finishes of the year in both of those games last year. Pat, you and I talked about it on the Tuesday slash Wednesday pod about the Vikings and where they sit in the power rankings and if the Bills should be knocked down and if the Vikings should be propped up and et cetera. We discussed it at length. I'm not a hater on the Vikings by any means here, but I do think it's a little bit too quick to jump out and say now all of a sudden the Vikings are some sort of power after Josh Allen had very uncharacteristic turnovers in the red zone and near the end zone and then also was playing banged up. And Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson completed some incredible stuff to make an incredible comeback in the fourth quarter. I don't think that solidifies them to be some special team, especially now going up against the Cowboys. Uh, Derrishaw, the left tackle, is actually going to play. He was a full participant in practice on Friday for the Vikings, but he came off concussion protocol. We'll see if he's 100%. And you look at the strength of the Cowboys, it's making quarterbacks uncomfortable. That's exactly what needs to happen here to get the Vikings off their, uh, to get off their stride. I think the Cowboys can do it. I know Micah Parsons wasn't as effective as he's been uh, last week against Green Bay, but I think he'll get back to that this week and really make Kirk Cousins' life a little more difficult. Yes, their uh, secondary can be had for Dallas, but this is a lot more even match. And I think because the spread came out with the Cowboys being favored after they lost to the Packers, after the Vikings just beat the Bills, it was so easy to jump on and say, oh, what is this spread? It should be Vikings minus two and a half, or it should be this, or it should be that. I disagree. I think the Cowboys are just as talented as this Vikings team. I think they can run the ball just as good with Tony Pollard. I think they have weapons that are pretty comparable outside of the number one in Justin Jefferson with CeeDee Lamb and that crew they got cooking over there. Dak Prescott, weird game last week, feast and famine. They're going to get back on the schneid, and I'm going against what I just saw. I just saw the Vikings complete an incredible comeback against a team they probably shouldn't have beat. And I just saw the Cowboys uh, collapse against a team they definitely should have beat. Those two things right the ship here, and the Cowboys end up beating the Vikings on Sunday in Minnesota in semi-prime time, 425. Cowboys minus one over the Vikings. That's my first pick. And what you never want to do when you're assessing all your gambling picks is overreact to what you just saw. Whether it be football, basketball, doesn't matter. And guess what? The NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. We're always talking about the new customers, but what's in it for everyone else, right? Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, player props, and etc., and you can step that thing right up. 
Right now, the Knicks are playing the Nuggets on Wednesday night. Nikola Jokic is out for that game. So if you want to try to jump on the Knicks' money line to add into your same-game parlay, that's a great idea. They're also coming off a good win against the Jazz. Jalen Brunson been assisting it up this year. You can get his low-end assist maybe at 6. Take that over with the juice. R.J. Barrett been scoring at will for the past 6-7 games. Take his points. And with Nikola Jokic out, maybe you think about some of those slashers who can get to the rim against the Nuggets. Maybe you think about some of those other rebound props that are going to be available with Jokic not cleaning up his typical 30, 13, and 10 or whatever he normally does. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Uh, pick two for me. Dallas Cowboys plus four and a half. We're going to tease them up in this this two-gamer for many of the reasons Pete just said. You know, a bounce-back spot for the Cowboys this week. Vikings played a emotional overtime game on Sunday. Um, and also, Kirk Cousins doesn't get to play at 1 o'clock this week. Um, it's a 425 start. So give me the Cowboys and their defense. And by the way, they went up there with Cooper Rush last year and beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so we're going to go Cowboys plus four and a half with Dak as leg one. And we're going to pair that with the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night football against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Niners, you know, snuck that win out, snuck, snuck out the win in the fourth quarter last week. The offense moved the ball very easily. Just couldn't really get in the red zone against the Chargers. Um, expect them to have a much easier time this week against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is questionable at best again this week with a hamstring injury. It might very well be Colt McCoy again. Um, and for all those reasons, as the Niners get more more acclimated with McCaffrey in the offense, give me the Niners money line, Cowboys plus four and a half, minus 120, pick number two. All right, pick number two for me. I am going with the Buffalo Bills, minus two and a half. And I'm going to parlay that. I'm just working out the odds here. I think things have changed here for a second. So let me just make sure on the run here, Pete, that I got the right odds for this one. Second leg is going to be the Patriots' money line no matter what. I don't believe in this whole jet site that I've been hearing all week long. Uh, so I'm not buying it. DraftKings is asking me if I'm enjoying DraftKings Sportsbook. I am, but I'd like to you know, get a line in here. So why don't you get out of my face? Uh, yep, there we go. Actually, let's go Buffalo Bills minus one and a half and Patriots money line. And that gets you plus 100 odds. You're not paying a VIG. You don't have to pay any juice. So Patriots money line, Bills minus one and a half, an AFC East special here. Let's start with the Bills. Uh, this team's not losing three games in a row. I, I don't care. So I'm going to just go ahead and, you know, bet on the stake on that one that the Bills aren't going to lose three in a row. I think moving to Ford Field helps them, right? Indoor stadium. The Dome, if they were playing in three feet of snow, I actually probably would have picked the Browns and I probably would have sprinkled some on the money line uh, just because, I mean, dude, if, if you're playing in a goddamn avalanche, anything can happen. So they move the game, indoor stadium. That favors the Bills. They're a better passing attack team. Um, they'll be able to do that. They don't have to rely solely on the run. Uh, the Browns' defense is – it feels like either they have some weeks where they're really, really good, like the Bengals – and then they have weeks like last week where they just get absolutely torched by the Miami Dolphins. They got absolutely torched by the New England Patriots a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I think this is a bad spot for them running into a Bills team now that has lost two games in a row. Uh, I think just the emotional 
bet you can make on Buffalo. I think that as, that it actually will ring true here. Uh, in the terms of injuries, mm, pretty healthy on both sides. Bills are missing Greg Rousseau. They're also missing Tremaine Edmonds in the middle. That is why I'm not going with the spread because I think you're missing your middle linebacker. Nick Chubb is going to get a ton of carries again. And without that first guy there to stop the run, Matt Milano is probably going to have to shift over, play a little bit more middle linebacker than he would normally. Um, so I think just in that part, there is a little bit of weakness for the Bills. Jordan Poyer looks like he's going to play. Uh, Tredavious White is out, though. So you're missing middle linebacker, an edge rusher, and uh, you know the corner who obviously hasn't played a whole ton this year. Either way, Buffalo is still way too good of a team here. So that's why I'm going Bills minus one and a half. And then look, the Jets and the Patriots, I have heard all week long, especially working on the fan. Tiki and Tierney, love those guys. But they are basically guaranteeing a Jets win. And I couldn't be more happier to take the Patriots here in this spot. Make it 14 in a row for New England over the Jets uh, at Sunday at at 4 o'clock when this game is done because Bill Belichick has their number. There are certain things, and I I said this last week, there are certain things you just bet blindly. One of them was the NFC West trends. Well, you know, you get John Walford versus Colt McCoy. I guess there's some variance allowed for that one. So that is why the Cardinals were able to crush the Rams. Uh, But uh, 13 wins in a row. Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick going up against a young turnover-prone quarterback and Zach Wilson. He's going to do it again on Sunday. Nothing has changed from a couple of weeks ago. I'm not letting the fact that the Jets beat the Bills change my mind uh, because what they do in that one, they ran the ball extremely well. New England's defense, I don't think, is going to allow that. And with Corey Davis out yet again, you know, it's nice to have these, oh, I feel rejuvenated stories from Garrett Wilson and or not Garrett Wilson, from Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore. The fact of the matter is they just don't have the chemistry right now with Zach Wilson. They're not consistent threats. So the only threat in throwing the ball is Garrett Wilson. So Bill Belichick is going to take that away. And the run game just isn't as strong since Elijah Vera Tucker went down and Brees Hall went down. Patriots are at home. I don't care that Bill Belichick coming off a bye is like 1-6-1 and one against the spread at home. I just need him to win. And he's been phenomenal straight up coming off of a bye in terms of winning the game. So Patriots money line, Bills minus one and a half. That's plus 100 odds. I'm interested in that game. Patriots, Jets. We might get there in a little bit. But for my second pick, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Minus three, home against the Rams. And guys, I have a number for you. But before I say that, I actually bet against the Saints last week. And I was in the city of New Orleans. And it worked out. It worked out very well. In fact, I watched that Saints game entirely at a Saints bar and enjoyed myself, except for the fact that they lost, even though I enjoyed myself because I still won my bet. I watched a team that looked a little bit flightless offensively. They didn't really have an identity. They weren't really sure exactly what was going on, Um, but they still are a better team than the Rams. That's what I'm going with. And here's the number that I'm talking about here. So right now we have 47% of the tickets on the Rams, which is actually down from other numbers I've heard. 47%, right? That makes 53% of tickets on the Saints. However, 93% of the cash at minus three, according to pregame.com, is on the Saints. That is insane, right? The, The Rams can't do anything. For all the flightlessness that goes on with the Saints offense from time to time, They are a leaps and bounds better offense than the Rams. The Rams can't do anything. Now Cooper Cup is out. Now the run game is still trash. We don't know if it's going to be Stafford or Walford. Meanwhile, you have an offense in the Saints that despite not being electric all the time is actually ranking top 10 in yards per play. 
this is a no-brainer for me. If it wasn't the brand of the Rams and the public wasn't going to bet on the Rams at plus three and et cetera, or even where it opened at, at plus uh, Rams minus one, then Rams plus one, Rams plus two, people were still betting the Rams, betting the Rams, betting the Rams. All the big money is coming on the Saints because they are a better team in all aspects of football. I think the Saints can win this one. So my second pick is going to be Saints minus three at home against the Los Angeles Rams. Kamara, back, big day. Rams banged up. Who's going to do anything for them offensively? This is going to be a win for the Saints. Minus three at home against the Rams. All right, pick three. Um, this might be my most confident pick of the week. Um, Two-gamer, as usual. Uh, just start with the easy one. Leg one, Baltimore Ravens at home against the Carolina Panthers. I um, think Panthers are going back to Baker Mayfield this week. It's not going to matter. They're 13-point favorites for a reason. They're off the bye. Uh, Mark Andrews is questionable in this one, but I, from what I've seen report-wise, it's leaning towards that he will be able to give it a go off the bye. Um, even if he can, Isaiah likely is still you know, a valuable backup. And, hell, the Ravens had no weapons a couple weeks ago at the Saints and absolutely trashed them on the road. So they should have zero issue getting by Carolina here. Um, and then leg two, Washington Commanders, the all-of-a-sudden – I don't know, the most popular team in the league with the picture of the video of Taylor Heineke servicing after that W on the plane. Give me him to buy another pair of Jordans this week, this time in Texans colors. Um, I can't see the the, the, uh, the commanders losing. I don't care if it's on the road. Texans are just absolutely abysmal. Um, so give me the commanders who are all of a sudden in this wild card playoff picture to get another W as well and pair that with the Ravens and you get minus 120 odds, pick number three. Uh, all right, I am going to not necessarily go against. You're just taking the Ravens money line, Mark. Ravens money line, Commanders money line. Okay, all right, big fave and a little fave. Well, I'm going to take the Panthers plus thirteen. Uh, to me, this is just too many points, and with the amount of dogs covering this year, um, this is it's just way too many points for me, especially against the Baltimore Ravens offense that continues to be limited, both in the injury personnel and in the product that they're putting on the field. Um, and especially because the Ravens continue to shoot themselves in the foot in the red zone. Um, you know, they've won four out of five. They're coming off the bye. You know, you would think that favors them, right? You, you give Panther, you give the Panthers no chance. Well, Baker Mayfield seems to have one game a year where he shows up, he embraces the underdog status, and he has never closed as a double-digit underdog in his 66 career starts. That's going to end on Sunday but I think that Carolina keeps this close. And I'm, I love that you said, Mark, this is a 13-point – they're 13-point favorites for a reason. How many double-digit underdogs have we seen cover this year? I picked the Commanders to win last week on the pod. I'm not saying the Panthers are going to go out and win this game um, straight up. But that being said, for a Ravens offense that Mark Andrews, like you said, is questionable. He did have a full practice on Friday. He's probably going to play. Gus Edwards was limited in practice on Friday. I'm just – I'm still not buying. And Pete, this kind of goes against what – you know, goes – with what I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I'm just not buying the Ravens offense as being an elite, um, you know, unit right now, especially because they can't throw the ball consistently down the field. So yeah, they, they have a chance to run all over Carolina, but I know again, just it's too many points for me. Maybe I'm just, you know, going off of the well here and riding the vibes of that commanders plus 11 pick. Uh, but I think when you, when you look at Carolina and uh, what they have the potential to do offensively with Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, I think Mayfield's going to make a couple of nice throws on third down. He's going to find DJ Moore. He's going to get his boy Tommy Tremble involved. And uh, 
I'll, I'll take a 10-point loss. I'll take an 11-point loss. I'll take a 12-point loss. Can't have a 13-point loss. Panthers plus 13. Yeah, you don't need much, right? Like, you don't need a lot from the Panthers here other than making it just not a freaking blowout, right? And it's very possible. Ravens aren't exactly built to blow people out. They don't have a number one receiver. I mean, if Andrews is that guy, sure. But they don't have a really take-the-top-off type of guy. Is Deshaun Jackson running around for them right now? Is that something that's happening? Is he playing snaps? For Baltimore, yeah, yeah. He played last uh, he their played, last game. Played. Yeah, he played last. Like, you know... Maybe he could take the top off the defense. Like he did it a little bit for the Rams last year before he was upset. He was only getting two targets a game or whatever the hell happened and then didn't get a Super Bowl ring. Good job, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, that's just a giant spread. It's weird. And if you've been listening to any of the trends going on in, in picks in general, underdogs between three and I think it's 10 have been just hitting at like a 65% clip. Just underdogs between three and 10 just been crushing it. Uh, which goes against my pick of the Saints minus three. But obviously, you know, you can't just bet trends blindly. However, underdogs have been covering this year. And it just seems like the public, if you will, and I know we're part of the public, we're not specifically sharp, but the public just keeps betting some of these teams, right? Like 70% of the tickets are on a 13 point favorite where all we've seen this year is big, fa- uh, big underdogs and small underdogs alike just figure it out and keep things close and weird stuff happens. So I, I love that pick Pat. I might revisit it in a little bit. Yeah. Re- and real quick, Pete, uh, speaking of Deshaun Jackson, he is technically, I believe on the practice squad. Um, okay. And, they, and they've got him listed on the practice squad going into the weekend here as we record this on Saturday morning. So I don't know if he's even going to be active. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just goes to tell you how limited this offense has been, especially without Rashad Bateman. Um, Mark, I don't think Isaiah likely can sniff Mark Andrews' jockstrap when it comes to filling the role that he that he has on this offense. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fine. So. This is the same Panthers who gave up four touchdowns to Joe Mixon and a half a couple weeks ago on the road. So you can, uh, you can make your arguments. I'll make mine. So it's, it's all good. Panthers Joe Mixon didn't play in that game either, but that's the fine. Same Panthers that blew out Tom Brady, twenty-one to three. Yeah, they were home for that game. They're on the road. Uh, you guys are arguing when both of you can very easily win this bet. Yeah. No, the, the best part was when Pat goes, they can win by 11, they can win by 12, but they can't win by 13. But that gives you a push, so 13 still okay. That's true. But anyway. Well, I'm, not, I'm not in the business for pushing. Mm. I'm in the business of losing, and I'm doing a very good job of that lately. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. If you, Mark, you should try – you should go in just trying to pick five losing bets and see what happens. I am. What do you think I'm doing so far? <laughs> there you go. It's a strategy – that's so crazy. It just might work. All right. I would go on to my next pick here. And I just mentioned how underdogs between three and 10 have been crushing this year at a, a crazy clip. Favorites between zero and 0.5 and two and a half have also been crushing at an over 60% clip, which leads me to my third pick Broncos at home minus two and a half against the Vegas Raiders. I think I've been more prone to betting the Broncos, whether it be in teasers or straight up than most this year. And the main reason why I'm doing it, other than the fact that people just really don't like the Broncos this year, they really hate the Russell Russell Westbrook, the Russell Wilson experience here. They don't trust the offense, rightfully so, because it's been a disaster. I am all in. This Broncos defense is freaking good. It's really good. And it should be noted consistently how awesome the Broncos defense has been. They are tied for first in yards per play, given up from a defensive standpoint. They get some pressure. They don't give up a lot of points. They keep everything close. 
they're really good. I, I can't say it enough. So Broncos minus two and a half. We all know what's been going on with the Raiders here, how bad they have been. Their offense is nothing to write home about, even though it feels better because they do make some of those completions. They do have a couple of those drives uh, every game where it's like, oh, this offense is talented, but they've been a disaster as well. And their defense doesn't sniff the jockstrap to take your line, Pat, of the Denver Broncos defense. I think this is a great spot to get on the Broncos at home, minus two and a half. Right now, 52% of the bets, so just over half the bets, according to pregame.com, are on the Raiders, but 62% of the cash. So I'm following the money. I'm following my my gut and my eyes telling me that the most elite unit in this game is the Denver Broncos defense. So whether it's going to be close or not, I trust them to come out on top. They've been better in general the entire year, despite some of the shortcomings from Russell Wilson and that offense. I think the Broncos take care of business here, led by that defense. Broncos, minus two and a half, home against the Vegas Raiders. That's a Okay. Stinky. Pick stinky four. one, Pat. Stinky, stinky. Yeah, I think. Are you holding your nose for that one? Oh yeah, of course. All right, pick four. You're not real quick. You, real quick, Mark. You don't bet on what this offense has put out without holding your nose, right? Like it's a mixture of when they're on defense. I'm going to be like, "Let's go, baby." I'm feeling kind of tough right now. Like kind of bobbing and weaving, watching, watching, playing defense. And then as soon as Russell Wilson's out, I'm going to like, I need a glass of water. I'm going to go make some lunch right now. I, <laughs> I got to go. Maybe they'll do something positive. Maybe they'll score 17 points and win 17 to 14. That's all Just I need. If you get a defensive touchdown, that ends up being the difference. That wouldn't surprise me in the, in the, in the least bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mark. All right. Pick four. Um, another two-game parlay here. Philadelphia Eagles money line on the road at Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday on Sunday this week. Um, I think the Eagles bounce back. Um, I think they shored up some of the weakness that Jordan Davis left when he got injured and put on IR with the run defense. You hire Andamika Sue and Linval Joseph to put in the middle. Should help out immensely with the run D. And look, a lot of things went against them last week. You know, two fumbles, the uncalled face mask, and then the BS roughing the passer at the end of the game. I think the Eagles bounce back. Look, I think the, uh, you know, had a little bit of an off game. The alarm bells go off. They wake, wake back up this week on the road at Indianapolis. Um, and then pick number two, the New York Jets. I'm going to tease them up to 10.5 on this one going into New England. Um, I think both teams are going to have trouble to score. I think it's going to be a little bit of a repeat of the game a couple of weeks ago where the Patriots were a pick six away from being down 14, but you had the roughing the passer silly penalty on the Jets. Um Bottom line, I think this game is kept well within a 10.5-point spread here. Um, both defenses, to me, are playing too well right now, and nothing about the New England offense screams explosive to me. Um, and then one last little tidbit on with this pick and why I feel even better about it. There are only two teams that are still undefeated on the road in the NFL, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Jets, both yet to lose a game on the road. Um, so you put those two together, Philadelphia Eagles money line, New York Jets plus 10 and a half minus 120 pick number four. I was firmly unaware the Jets were good on like specifically good on the road this year. Firmly unaware. Unbeaten. Wow. Only two. All right. Pick number four for me. Um, I basically kind of went against every single trend that was out there for the Ravens and the Panthers, right? There wasn't, I, I couldn't give you a whole lot of analysis for Panthers plus 13 because Lamar Jackson is great. Um, coming off of a bye. Harbaugh is good coming off of a bye. The, the Panthers, you know, they gave up 17 points or more, and they're like 1-26 straight up. 
and uh, six and 25 against the spread, I believe it was. And Baker Mayfield's like the second least profitable quarterback in, in the NFL against the spread. I don't care. I don't care. I'm on as the end of that one Drake song goes. I know Mark loves that one. So, um, <laughs> Never heard of, never heard of it, but go ahead. For this, for this pick, this fourth pick, I am going with the trends, at least in terms of Mike Tomlin being a home dog. Give me the Steelers plus three and a half. I don't think the Bengals are that good. I'm not buying into them yet, Pete. We talked about this midweek on the pod. Uh, we said that if they lose this game on Sunday, you can basically bury them for the playoffs. I think they do. I think they lose yet again outright to the Bengals, uh, to the Steelers. Everybody, we were all saying in week one, Oh, my God, how'd they lose that game? Mitch Trubisky. Now you get Kenny Pickett, different face. Kenny's not – I think he's a better quarterback in terms of his future than Mitch Trubisky. He's obviously had a couple of games where, you know, he's thrown three interceptions. Get the early ones out of the way. Um, I, I like that he's been aggressive. But the main thing for me is this offense, Matt Canada, finally woke up and said, hey, maybe we should just give the ball to Najee Harris, right? Because he's a fucking good running back, so maybe we should just do that. And they got Jalen Warren in the mix, too. I think a lot of people thought Jalen Warren was going to, you know, finally overtake Najee Harris. And Najee said, not so yet, young fella. Um, and you, you look at the receiving core, right? I mean, they've got talent all throughout that. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, big Pat Fryermuth at the tight end spot. They have talent on this offense. It's going to be about whether they can put it together. But I think what I'm betting on more so than anything is Mike Tomlin as an underdog at home and the Steelers defense. That is, outside of Akello Witherspoon, they are ex- basically fully healthy and this Bengals team we saw it against the Browns yeah they bounced back against the Vikings yeah they've you know they've looked pretty decent as of late but I'm still not buying into the Cincinnati Bengals here as a legitimate team um, especially with the fact that Jamar Chase is out I didn't think it was going to be as big of a you know a miss for them and, and it wasn't against Carolina it wasn't against Atlanta but they're going up against the Steelers defense that has Minka Fitzpatrick and they can, you know, your number one weapon is already gone. I just, I really love the Steelers in this spot here. Mike Tomlin as an underdog from week five forward, 41 and 19 against the spread at home as an underdog after week five, 15, two and one against the spread. He's covered nine straight. He's won the last seven times outright. So I'm betting the trends with Tomlin. I'm betting the trends with the Steelers here. I think it is a house of horrors yet again for Cincinnati on Sunday. Steelers plus three and a half, and I will be taking them on the money line. And I nearly lost my voice given that pick. <laughs> You're just putting your heart, soul, and guttural fortitude into that pick right there. And Pat, I'm going to join you. Oh, Steelers, yeah. Steelers plus three and a half at home versus Cincinnati Bengals. And it's important to just say, it is difficult. This is the one hindrance I had on this pick. It is difficult to beat your division opponent twice when they're good, when they're be- obviously when they're better than you or when they're just as good as you. The Steelers have their shortcomings, but they're what's the opposite of shortcomings? Tall comings? That's not it. Big comings. <laughs> big comings. Yeah, their big comings are are really strong and and uh, TJ Watt, man, he just he's a load. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry all right <laughs> he's a load to deal with out there on the defensive line and he just can't be stopped so tj watt is back and, and that's obviously incredibly important now, i'm gonna pull it together here for a second that he's incredibly important to that defense so is Mika fitzpatrick um but 
the Bengals offense has struggled. It has struggled lately without uh, without Jamar Chase. Obviously, they had the one big-time, amazing show-up opportunity against the Panthers where Joe Mixon went silly. Mixon will not have those opportunities against the Steelers. And when it comes to Mike Tomlin, he cannot get enough credit. Pat, you went through some of those numbers. I'm not going to repeat them. It, it's just incredible. Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel, these coaches are constantly just pulling rabbits out of their ass. You watch the Titans, you watch the Steelers, and you almost don't even know how they're in games. You don't know how they're winning certain games, but they do it. And plus three and a half is just enough to keep this thing close. And right now it's another situation where the public's going to back the Bengals again. They love Joe Burrow. They don't like Kenny Pickett yet. They love T. Higgins and and the offense and flashiness of the Bengals, and they think the, the Steelers' offense stinks, right? But the Steelers' defense is very, very good. The Bengals' defense is banged up. Awuzier being out is literally such an underrated uh, effect on, on their effectiveness because he's been awesome for them before he got hurt. So 60% of the tickets on the Bengals, 64% of the cash on the Steelers. So a big-time swing in money showing up on the Steelers here at plus, uh, plus three and a half, plus four, wherever you find it, we'll take three and a half. And it makes sense to me. It's one of those games that even if the Bengals come out on top – uh, it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, uh, but that Steelers offense starting to figure it out just a little bit. The over-under currently at 40, but I think this is a 20-17 to 17 type game, and even if the Steelers don't come out on top, which I will sprinkle the money line with you, Pat, I think it's going to be very close. So Steelers plus 3.5 at home against the Bengals, who their playoff hopes, they're dwindling. They're dwindling quickly. Mark, you're up. All right, uh, last pick for me, going Sunday night football. Um, but I'm avoiding the outcome of the game completely. You know, it's not a week of picks for me without something out of the box. So we're going to go Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert to both throw two touchdowns in this game at plus 100 odds. So even. Um, look, excluding the Malik Willis game this season for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, both quarterbacks being, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the opposing quarterback have combined to throw two plus touchdowns in all in seven games out of eight. So seven and one. The only loss was when the Chiefs traveled to play the Indianapolis Colts and Pat Mahomes threw one touchdown in the game. But Matt Ryan threw two TDs in the game. Um, so really, the opposing TD, the opposing quarterback has had zero issue hitting this the entire season. Um and another thing I like about this game, Justin Herbert gets Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back. You know, he's thrilled about that. And because of that, I think that the, uh, that coupled with the Chiefs receivers with uh, me, Cole Hardman, and Juju Smith-Schuster being out, I can see the Chargers getting up to a little bit of a lead in this one and then the Chiefs having to throw, throw, throw. So I think this should be pretty easy, a pretty easy hit. And um, just look back earlier in the season with this uh, – the first matchup, this prop hit through three quarters in matchup number one. So I see more of the same yet again. So, you know, just to recap it one more time, Pat Mahomes, two touchdowns, Justin Herbert, also two touchdowns, plus 100, pick five. All right, final pick for me. I'm going against you guys here. I'm giving – I'm going – I'm riding with your Vikes, Pete. Skull Vikes, give me the Vikings minus one and a half. I think they carry the – they keep the train going here uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm not, you know – I'm not going off of what the Cowboys did, choking that game away to Green Bay. That's fine because it was, you know, they, they blew the lead. How often does that happen in the fourth quarter? I just think when you when you look at the, have a Dallas Cowboys matchup with the Minnesota Vikings, two solid defenses, two offenses that have a lot of talent and seem to kind of underperform those expectations. Uh, I'm going to look at Dak Prescott and basically the 
the epitome of what he is as a quarterback as the reasoning for this bet. Dak Prescott against teams below 500. He is 23-9-2 and against the spread. And um, I don't have the, the numbers straight up. Um, I thought I did. But either way, I know the spread is one and a half. It's essentially a pick 'em, But this also helps in, in my reasoning. Against teams above 500. Dak Prescott, 14-23 and 23 against the spread. That is abysmal. So I think that's exactly who Dak is. He beats bad teams. He can't beat the good teams. And that's what he is as a quarterback. He's a, he's a good quarterback. He's not a great one. He's not an elite one. And I think he's, that, that's going to show again on Sunday against Minnesota. I don't care about the 425 versus the 1 o'clock. It's not in prime time. So you can, you know, you can forget about that with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are going to have an emotional hangover after beating Buffalo. This is their first game at home in three weeks. Uh, they've been phenomenal. They're undefeated at home, 4-0. Dallas is 2-2 two two on the road. And I just trust Kevin O'Connell that whatever magic he has cooked up his sleeve here in year one, that he's going to keep that rolling against Mike McCarthy and the shortcomings that he has as a head coach. So I have no idea how this, how this score is going to end up in terms of if it's going to be a defensive game, if, it's, if there's going to be 60 points again. What I know is that if Dak Prescott has a chance to win this game in the final minutes, he's going to fail miserably. And I, that's what I'm putting my money on, the fact that Dak Prescott is not going to get this done against the Vikings defense that has been exceptional in the red zone, even though they've given up 400 yards of offense a game, Pete, right? That's one of the worst in the NFL, but they've got that bend, don't break defense, and they live up to that name more so than really any other team in the NFL, considering how many yardage, uh, yards they give up. So I'm expecting a red zone interception from Dak Prescott, maybe a red zone fumble from Ezekiel Elliott. It seems like he is going to play. Jerry Jones said he expects him to play. Uh, and I think the Vikings keep it rolling here, man. Eight and one, a team that has an 88% win percentage or higher, and that is a home dog. They have crushed it over the last 20 years. So once again, I'm going to lean on the trends with that, and I'm going to lean on betting against Dak Prescott against a good team. Vikes minus one and a half. I think plus one and a half. Oh, did I just say minus one and a half that entire time? Yeah, I was. I t- I tried to text it into the chat. You're you're selling yourself two points. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, they're going to win the game anyway. But yes, sorry right. about that. Vikings plus one and a half. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. But uh, obviously, just for argument's sake, you know, plus one and a half. You never know, right? With these two teams, it could be a one point game. Like that that swing makes a difference, which is why when you do bet on a team at plus one and a half or plus two and a half. You might just say, ah, screw it. I'll take the money line. Like, no, that's why there are odds. And in fact, this year, more than others, one and two have been key numbers, which they're typically not, right? It's typically three, seven, 10, 14, et cetera. One and two have been been dropping a lot, right? So the plus one and a half is important. And if you're going to bet the Vikings, bet them and bet a little bit on the money line. The odds don't feel like they make that big of a difference, especially if, you know, you're not betting big bucks, but it does make a little bit of a difference. Um, and I feel you. I, I kind of wanted to stay away from that game, but yeah, I just he, felt too good. What would you say? Yeah, sorry, real quick. Yeah, because I even said, I said teams that are that have an 88% win percentage or higher that are home dogs are 37 and 22 against the spread. And then I, got, and then I went ahead and said, <laughs> Vikings minus one and a half. So, <laughs> right. Thank you for correcting that. Yeah, Vikes plus one and a half. They're going to win anyway, so. Yeah, I, 100%. And I, and I just wanted to go against some of the stuff that, I've been going against all year, right? The the team that had that giant win, all of a sudden, oh my God, are they the contender? Are they the ones? I want to go against that. And that was the main reasoning for my pick. However, a lot of the points you made 
made a lot of great sense. All right, my last pick. I haven't done a teaser yet, but it's time for a teaser. Two-part, six-point, standard teaser, minus 120. We're going to take the Chicago Bears from plus three up to plus nine and the Houston Texans from plus three up to plus nine. The Texans are at home against the Commanders. Bears on the road at the Falcons. Now, the Bears are a pretty public play right now. 78% of tickets on them. I'm not ready to just trust them wholeheartedly to cover three or to win outright. I think it's properly placed at their plus three underdog right here. Falcons at home, solid team. Mariota been struggling. Fields been awesome. However, still has lost three games in a row, right? So all this hype about the Bears and their offense is great. It's fine and dandy. Their defense has been very bad, right? So there's going to be some points here, I think. I think the Bears can keep up. I like the Bears at plus three. I might sprinkle a little money line action on them, but I love them at plus nine. Falcons not built to blow people out. Bears are built to score points all of a sudden. So this should be an exciting game with a lot of running, some high uh, some high passing opportunities for Justin Fields. I think they could win, but plus nine makes me feel really, really good. On the Texans front, this team is just built to play close, crappy games and get a great draft pick. That's exactly what the Texans have done all year long, right? Like they play the Giants, they lose by eight. They play the Eagles, they lose by 12. They play the Titans, they lose by seven. Like other than a game or two here and there, They've been keeping things really close, right? They lost by 10 to the Chargers and 18 to the Raiders. Other than that, everything's within three points, seven points. It's all there, six points. That's what the Texans do. They're not a great team. Neither are the Commanders. The Commanders got some buzz going right now. I think a minus three, it's a properly placed line. However, they're not built to blow people out either. A lot of their wins have been dramatic. A lot of their wins have been close. Heineke, for all the love that he's getting, and he deserves a lot of it, isn't some type of quarterback that's going to roll out of bed and put up 40 points on the Texans. The Texans are a decent team. They're not a winning team, but they compete. So you get the Bears at plus nine, you get the Texans at plus nine, and there's a great reason to feel like both of those teams have a chance to cover the normal spread, but there's a really great chance to feel like this is going to be a touchdown or less game on both fronts. So that's my that's my last pick. Teaser. Bears plus nine. Texans plus nine. Minus one twenty. There Dude, we go. I feel, like, I feel like you have crushed those those teasers, those two team teasers that you get basically six seven points on. I don't know why. Maybe the numbers don't back it up. I feel like you definitely won one last week. Yeah, I did win one last week, and uh, yeah, I, I actually I meant to get a little tally for us all um, going into this week, but I kind of ran out of time. Maybe I'll do it for Thanksgiving next week. And I was going to see how we've done on straight bets versus teasers that are straightforward versus money line parlays and et cetera. Um, because it's, it's curious, right? Like you feel like some of these picks are great, but unless you actually dive into the numbers, you know, you're not really going to be too sure. Uh, based off the past couple of weeks though, I have hit, I hit last week on Broncos, eight and a half lines, eight and a half. Uh, the week prior, I hit my teaser, two of them actually looking through them right now, if you're following along on YouTube. So yeah, three weeks in a row now back to week eight. I haven't missed on a single teaser. So maybe you're right, Pat. And maybe I should have done more of them this week, but I like too many games straight up. And I don't like utilizing the teaser when it doesn't make a lot of extra value for me, right? So if you're going to get a team from plus three to plus nine, you're passing off the three, you're passing off the seven. You know, I've talked about this a lot this year. If you're going to take a team from plus four or, you know, whatever, plus five, you know, you're getting past seven. You're, you're maybe you're getting past ten. You could argue that's worth it. I don't know. Like for me, I never go from 
minus three to plus three. Like that's something that I don't do very often just because I feel like that point around zero isn't really worth the value. So maybe, maybe it'll continue to be successful. Maybe the Texans get blown out by Heineke, right? But so far, three weeks in a row, the teasers have been cooking for me. So I'll stick with it. How you guys feeling? Week 11 in the books. The people well, not in the books. The picks are in the books and we have to make them. So are we, are we ready to go? Are we having some winning weeks this week? I'm feeling another winning week coming for sure. Mm. For sure. For show. So if, if I go three and two, I'll officially be at 500 for the year. Look at that. Officially, right? First one of the year to get back over the hump. And uh, Pat, if you have a big week of like four and one or something like that, you are officially in 500 range. And, and the fighting Mark Shanlugans, you know, let's get some dubs on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I got no comment. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I had, I had to say a little something there. Uh, got no Mark, comment. How are you? How are you feeling, Mark? Are you feeling better about it? No, you know what? I'm not answering this question, Pete, because you ask me this every week at the end, and it's almost like you're you're baiting you're baiting in a way. I mean, what am I supposed to say? You know, I feel absolutely horrible. I mean, what kind of answer yeah. do you want? That's you know? exactly what I'm looking for. Um I, I don't know. It's like when they ask somebody after they hit a walk-off home run, oh, how, how do you feel after hitting that? Yeah, you know, I feel absolutely horrible, and it's the worst <laughs> moment of my life. Like, what kind of answer do you want out of me? I'm not gonna, I, I feel great. I feel the same as last week. I feel the same as two and four, one and five, one and six, or whatever the hell the record's going to be this week. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I do believe it will turn around, whether that requires 18 weeks this year or 18 more weeks next year. I don't know. We're going to find out. Um, but until then, I'm going to take the uh, that little sticker off your coffee and caffeine and dream, because I think that's yeah. what it says. I'm going to dream for a better record this week. That is what it says, and it's not a sticker. That's the cups that my place gives me. Fantastic place. Shout out Mod Cup, Jersey City Heights. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was the answer I was actually looking for, Mark, so I appreciate it. What do you feel better about, though, real quick, your chances on a winning week or your chances on beating Pat in tennis today? <laughs> no, God, you're not getting me to say that one either. <laughs> you know, Pete, it's been a very long time since I've lost a tennis match. However, I'm not delusional enough to the point where I think it's a given. I very okay. well go out there thinking that I can definitely lose if I don't play well enough. So that's <laughs> and that's not me BSing either. So right. Any comment, Pat? Uh, it's going to be a battle in the Arctic tundra, forty sub forty degree temperatures. Get the long sleeves ready. The Irishman's going to make it a messy affair, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take, I take uh, take the fight the fighting Mark Shanlugans minus one and a half in games today. Minus one and a half. That's fair. Yeah, you you're might gotta, the, you're not rolling with the road dog. No, you might gotta play some juice. Time. You got you might gotta lay some juice for minus one and a half games. I think the oh. current line is set at well, no, just going off of tennis lines in general. Pat would agree. Right, I'd right. say that the normal line's probably three and a half games okay. as of right there now for even money. So I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, right. gentlemen, thank you as always spending some time with me on this Saturday morning to make our picks. I'll get this posted as soon as possible. Thank everyone for listening, and we'll post this on social media at Subway Sports Talk, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I'm Pete Kennedy at Pete Kennedy 2 wise at Pat Boyle 44, and at MShen26 for Mark Shen Lugan. Thank you guys for listening. Good luck on all your picking endeavors in week 11. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers.